So our text today, the feeding of the 5,000, I'd say it's arguably one of the most familiar miracle stories in the Bible. The disciples were with Jesus. They were in a wilderness place, um, a deserted place, and they were desperate. They needed a food miracle. I read a story about a young African-American woman, um, Jen Mwemba. She, she grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, in the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans. Um, she said that, that she grew up, what did she call it, um, an Afrocentric home, uh, that her parents taught her um, about community work, these principles of, of, of community work and of, of community responsibility. This idea that, that we work together, all of us together, um, so that our community becomes uh, more beautiful uh, and more strong. You may be familiar with the Lower Ninth Ward. Um, it's because they're the neighborhood after Hurricane Katrina that, that, that got national attention because they're the neighborhood um, that was most devastated in New Orleans, uh, primarily because of, of where they were located. It was one of the lower parts of the city. Um, there were two industrial canals that were, that were built, and when they built these, they had to take tens of thousands of protective wetlands to build them, and those wetlands um, had, had created you know, protection from the, the storm surges that would come. Another problem was uh, the levees that were there. Um, they, they were just poorly engineered. You know, in New Orleans, uh, over 50 levees were breached in this storm. And in the no lower Ninth Ward, there was this huge uh, cargo shipping barge that went right over the, the levee and right into the neighborhood, leveling houses as it went. Uh, Jen had left New Orleans after high school to, to study computer animation. And so at the time of the storm, she was uh, living and, and working in New York. Uh, she said that, that after Katrina, 75% uh, of the people that lived in her neighborhood uh, were gone. They were displaced. And um, they either couldn't come back for whatever reasons or, or they were uh, afraid to come back. Um, it was devastating. Uh, she says that gentrification and racial inequality has, has become an issue. Uh, a predominantly black uh, population uh, in, in the Lower Ninth Ward uh, didn't get enough support to be able to come back. And now you've got people uh, with resources and privilege uh, coming in and, and buying up the homes, um, kind of taking advantage of, of their disadvantage. Uh, it's, it's a pretty tough thing, um, you know, to to deal with and, and to live with if you're from that uh, community, if that's the home where you grew up. Half of the grocery stores in New Orleans uh, shut down after Katrina. And, and at the time, the closest grocery store to the Lower Ninth Ward was four miles away, which that's way too far um, for an, for an uh, urban area when 30% when of the res residents don't even have uh, transportation. So they were in a desperate place. They were in what's called a food desert, and they needed a food miracle too.
So in our text, verse 12, night was coming and it's clear that the disciples were getting a little anxious because it's dinner time for 5,000 people and they were in a food desert. And so they say to Jesus, we've got a food problem. And Jesus' response doesn't help them any because he says, well, you give them something to eat. And that's when they say, all we have is a little bread and a little fish. And we don't have enough money to buy these people something to eat. You know? And so they needed a miracle. I, I think that the backstory helps, or, or the prequel to this story uh, helps a little bit. So if you, if you go to verse one in chapter nine, um, Luke tells us that, that, that Jesus called the 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority, power over demons, um, authority to cure, disease, to cure diseases, and then he sends them out and they go into these villages and it says that they, they proclaim good news to these villages and they cure diseases in these villages. And I began to wonder about that. Like, does Jesus give us power and authority over demons? Does, does he give us power and authority to cure diseases and to bring healing? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, yeah. He does. It's like you think about the healing that comes from our medical field. Um, those of you who are doctors and nurses and surgeons and um, like we've been praying for Bill Ray. Bill Ray had heart surgery and when I talked to Debbie she was like the surgery was a success and just kind of laughed when she said now Bill's got some cow and some pig in his heart. You know I'm like are you serious? Like yeah and so she explained that to me. Like, think about, um, you know, think about in Jesus' day. Could they even begin to imagine that, that one of us could continue to live and have healing in life because we took parts of a pig or parts of a cow and surgically brought that kind of healing? Like, we could give lots of examples of that. And then I thought about the pandemic. You know, we had the power and authority to, ju to just keep going on about our business and gathering in large crowds or we have the authority to do nothing in a way. And the doing nothing, what I mean by that is the not gathering in crowds like we always have. Like that act brought healing. I began to wonder like what are the demons that we face today? When I started the new church in Winston-Salem, when we with the group thing, uh, there, was, there was a young man in our church and he was um, addicted to crack cocaine. And I, didn't quite know what to do. Uh, he's this awesome guy and just really struggling in and out of rehab. Um, and so I called the, the social worker downtown Winston-Salem and, and was just asking him for some advice. I'd never really had a friend that was struggling with in this kind of way. And we were on the phone, but it was kind of like he was shaking his head. He's just like, you know, out of a hundred clients that I've worked with, uh, only three of them have come clean. And, and what he said just kind of just kind of grabbed me. He said, um, "This is the closest thing to a demon that I've ever encountered." Drug addiction, um, homelessness, domestic violence, gun violence, 
food insecurity. I, I don't know. What's, what's the list that we can make? What's the power and authority that, that God gives us to do something about it? And, then, and another thing that Jesus says in verse 3, he says for them to go, and he sends them out, and he says, take nothing, nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, not even an extra tunic. And I'm like, holy cow, like think about that. They're going out and all they've got is the shirt on their backs. Like they are immediately and totally dependent on the hospitality of someone else. Like Jesus takes away all power and all authority for self-reliance. And I think that's a big deal. I think that prepared them for this moment that they're in with the crowd, you know. And so they offer Jesus the food, Jesus blesses, Jesus blesses it, and he gives it back to them. And they start dispersing this, this meager dinner to such a huge crowd. And it says, verse 17, let me just read it again. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Now I think there are two possibilities to this food miracle. The first one is, is that it was just a miracle. You know, God just did this thing with, with uh, the power and the possibility that God has. Like, I believe in miracles, so I pray for them. Uh, I pray for the supernatural, miraculous stuff. So that's possibility number one, uh, that this was just a, a, a full-blown miracle in that sense. But there's, I think there's a second possibility, too. Did you notice that, that it didn't say that all eight fish and bread. It just said all ate and were filled. Did you notice that it, it said that 12 baskets of leftovers were gathered after? It didn't say 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. You know, I think sometimes it's a miracle for someone to loosen their grip on their wealth or on their food, especially when they know that they've only got enough for themselves. They needed a food miracle, and they got one. So after Katrina, Jen Wambe decided to move back home to New Orleans, uh, back to the Lower Ninth Ward. She raised money, she collected clothes, she rebuilt her home, and she helped others get out of the muck and rebuild their homes. Uh, it was pretty amazing. I want to read to you what she said. Uh, she says, I am determined to fight for everything that we want. In a neighborhood where people feel ignored and neglected and defeated, especially after Katrina, it's hard to envision when we're focused on what we can't have and can't do and what's not possible. We deserve to have these things, just like any other community. We deserve to have a clean, beautiful, and thriving community to feel good about where we live. And she said, I thought a community garden would bring us together and inspire hope and beauty and productivity in a neighborhood that was robbed of all of that. So she planted a garden. She planted a garden. And she started the Backyard Gardeners Network. You know, uh, there's an anthem for this. Back in the 1970s, there was a, I think a disco group. They were called Hot Chocolate, and they sang this song, I Believe in Miracles. 
And so one verse goes, I believe in miracles. Mm. Since you came along, you sexy thing, you sexy thing, you. I believe in miracles. Mm. So Hot Chocolate is singing about the miracle of romance. But I really think that we sing this song about, or can sing this song about the, the miracle of kingdom, of, of community. So it's the miracle of since you came along, I'm not alone anymore. Amazing things happen when we're together. Now you'll notice in the story that Jesus takes this large group of 5,000 and he tells the disciples to have them sit in groups of 50. And that's pretty significant, I think, because now it doesn't seem so big. Now it's just 50. I can see the possibilities. I mean, like that's a Sunday school class. I can do that. And, and then I look um, in our parking lot on, on Wednesday, May the 5th, right here in our parking lot, uh, Mana Food Bank trucks came and they offloaded all of this food. Uh, people and resources from all over our community came together and 180 families drove through here. 180 families were served. It helps me to see that with God, anything is possible. And that sometimes, we are the miracle of food. Amen.